Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. The Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Pulo starts right now. We can't give them this much power in the cartoon world. A podcast, and I was told that if I did your podcast that I would... You know, advance to the next level. And we're podcasting and photographizing in front of the great. The worst gigs of their life are, are with, because of Mark Pulos. <laughs> Anyone want a husband? Free, free to a home. Now it doesn't even have to be a good home. Just free to a home. Ladies and gentlemen, Andre the Giant would like to do his impression of Willie Nelson. Suck yourself dry. Oh, all right. Oh, Hello folks and welcome back to another edition episode of Unbridled Enthusiasm. As always, I'm Mark Poulos. Driving home from Little Rock, Arkansas right now, so I thought I would lay down a podcast of uh, my ideas and thoughts about the uh, outcome of the 2016 presidential election. Um, I was pretty surprised. I, uh, if you follow me on social media, I've definitely posted a lot of stuff about, uh, Hillary Clinton's crooked ways and, and, uh, her powerful friends that manipulate the population and had their fingers in the voting machines and all that kind of stuff just assuming that it was going to go her way because that's what it looked like and the whole country did something that they've never done before which is they told the pollsters one thing and then went in the booth and pulled the curtain and did the complete opposite and this guy uh, I think his name is Jimmy Pie or something uh, I'm going to put the video on, uh, the audio of the video after the credits, because I think he kind of explains succinctly, like, what exactly happened in this election. And I just, I I understand his sentiment. Like, he, he said that, you know, the reason that the polls were all wrong and that Donald Trump ended up winning was because we live in a very odd time right now. We live in like, it's almost like a a tattletale time where, you know, the, there's people that are just scouring social media and, and looking at Instagram and Twitter and Facebook every day, waiting for somebody of importance to say something that goes against what they consider like normal behavior. And then they attack. And they attack and they attack until the person either uh, apologizes for their behavior um, or there's some kind of repercussion where they get fired or, you know, they're blackballed from the industry that they're working in or whatever it may be. So it's just a really odd time because it's like this, this balance between having technology that allows us literally at any moment 
to push a button on our phone and be live to the entire world and they can watch you and listen to you. Um, you, you could have a thought and you could tweet it within seconds without really kind of grasping the, the repercussions of it. You know, back in the day, if you had some kind of thought about something, you know, uh, whether it was popular or unpopular, you know, you probably at first brought it up with your family over the dinner table or friends at school or, uh, you know, at the local coffee shop with your, with your peers and, you know, they would give you feedback on it and you'd probably get like, you know, good feedback and bad feedback, you know, some people would be like, that's a really radical idea, dumbass. Why would you ever say that? And then the person would be like, oh, you know, actually, now that I say it and you, you respond to it, like, I get it, you know, like, uh, that's, that's probably not the best thing to say right now, um, but we don't have that anymore, what we have are, are people sitting in their houses by themselves, um, you know, they seem even more isolated from the world, and they, they type in messages to the world and, and wait to see their response, you know, and sometimes they're, they're really surprised at, at, at the responses, you know, and I think some people get, uh, more outrageous to get, uh, better responses to what they're putting up there. Sometimes they might not believe what they're saying, but they feel like this will, you know, rile everybody up and, and I'll get a lot of shares and likes and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think it's just an odd time. So I, I think that's what happened. You know, there was a lot of people in this country that aren't racist and sexist, but they, they just kind of liked the message. Cause I think basically what it came down to was Hillary stood for what we had continuing on exactly the same. And even though she had some ideas about how to change this and that, um, I think most people kind of looked at her as Obama 2.0 or whatever he did, like she would do, and it would just continue on. And sadly, for the people that that wanted change, uh, that change came in the face of Donald Trump, who obviously is not the best person in the world. Uh, You know, he's said and done horrible things, but he just he stood for that change, whatever that might be to certain people, you know, they just didn't want the same shit over and over again. And the, the, the stuff that's happening afterwards is, uh, I just, I don't even have words for it. I mean, the, the things that I've seen on the internet since the election are just like, a principal read a letter to the school telling them, like, you know, everybody just relax, I know you didn't want, uh, this wasn't the outcome that you wanted, but it's our election, and this is how things work, and sometimes you don't get what you want, and all this stuff, and I'm like, do we really need to read letters in school? First of all, it was like an elementary school, I think, and it's like, I guess they were, they probably were following the election because, you know, it's a pretty important time in our country that everybody gets a vote and everybody gets to decide who our leaders are going to be. But I, I don't know. It just seemed out of place. And then, and then the protests start. Everybody's pro, not my president, 
you know. And the fact that voting turnout for this election was the lowest it's been in a long time. Um, I said something on social media the other day that uh, feel free to protest, do whatever you want. But if you didn't cast a vote in this election and you're protesting the outcome, you need to get in your car and go home because that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, I, I understand the people protesting because they voted and their candidate didn't get elected, but to go out and protest and block streets and cause problems when you didn't even get off your ass to go into the voting booth and, and color in a circle? I don't think so, you know? Just pack up your shit and go home. But of course there's a lot of stuff coming out now that says that the protesters are being paid by certain groups to go out there and, and protest, and then there's even conspiracy theorists that think that um, a lot of the other hate group stuff that's coming out as far as the spray painting of like swastikas and the chanting of build a wall and all this kind of stuff was kind of perpetrated by by anti-Trump people to kind of make them look bad who knows if that's true Um, but I just I find it hilarious that people are out protesting the results of an election and you know a hundred percent like 100 percent if Hillary had won nobody would be protesting you know the people that would back Trump they might have made some noise you know and and all that kind of shit but they wouldn't be out there blocking streets and protesting and all this kind of stuff it's just it's a horrible thing to watch man because you know um there's a couple videos on YouTube of people that were at uh, Clinton headquarters when the results came out showing that Donald Trump was going to win the presidency and they're all just like crying and falling all over each other. Some lady screaming at the screen and giving it the finger and it's like, I get it. Okay. You know, they made a, a big scene before the election where all the women were going and putting their I voted sticker on Susan B. Anthony's gravestone. And I get it. She, she's the first woman to actually make it that far and run for president. And everybody just, you know, that was kind of the mentality of, of the people voting for Hillary was that it was her time and it was the country's time to have a female president, and it was just going to happen. Like, there was no other possible outcome to the election. Like, she was the first woman. Um, She was well-qualified. So, you know, frankly, I don't know why we're even having an election, because it's basically hers hers to lose, and, and lose she did, you know. And literally, Trump won because he flipped... He flipped five blue states, which is insane. The only time that's... The last time that happened was like 88 with Reagan. And and the fact that it came as a surprise to her, um, you know, she didn't even set foot in Wisconsin. She didn't even campaign there. And and that state flipped. Michigan, Pennsylvania, I mean, these, these places, um, it's pretty obvious that they wanted something different, you know, 
and then you know you got the outrage, the protests, and and now now people want to abolish the electoral college. Uh, there's a petition out to uh, uh, to abolish the electoral college. Um, I'll probably put that video on after the other guy's video, just so people understand why we have the electoral college. Because literally, like Cliff Notes version, small breakdown of it. We have the electoral college so that California, New York, and Chicago doesn't decide our elections every time. Because literally, you put the populations of New York, California, and, and Illinois together, you know, they, they will literally be the majority of our country and, and like, choose our president every year. And it's like, I, you know, people in the Midwest don't want California and New York telling them who, who our leaders are going to be and all that kind of stuff. And that's basically the idea is that the way that the electoral college is broken down, each state has a voice. Each state gets, you know, the electoral college votes and all that kind of stuff. And the other thing had me laughing even harder because if you're not familiar with the electoral college process is the election happens the first week in November and then on December 19th whatever color your state was at the end of the election whether it was blue or red those representatives go to the state capitol and they ceremonially cast their electoral college votes and make the election official so there's all these petitions going around on Facebook uh, saying, reach out to your electors, tell them to flip their vote for Hillary Clinton, tell them to, what they call it, become a, uh, a faithless elector. And it, it's a tall order, you know, because basically you would need somewhere in the neighborhood of 48 Republicans to decide that they're going to vote for Hillary Clinton when they get to the state capitol, which, in and of itself, maybe, you know, there's that slim possibility, but when you go back and look at the history, in the history of the Electoral College, only one elector has ever filed as a faithless elector and voted for a different person. And it was like in the 2000s when... John Kerry was running and and he ended up voting for John Edwards instead. It was some kind of ceremonial vote or something. But, you know, the the fact that they're trying like any means possible to stop him from taking the office before January 20th. There was a another petition going around where they're already calling for him to become impeached, which frankly, I don't think I'm not exactly sure, but I, I don't think that can happen until he officially gets sworn in as president and uh, and takes over the office. Like he's not the president yet; he's the president elect, which is a little different. But I could be wrong. I, I get my stuff wrong all the time. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think it <clears throat> for me. It made it all worth it just watching Whoopi Goldberg's reaction on The View. Because <laughs> she was so... She was just so... 
just divisive and pissed off and it was just it was kind of funny to watch I mean a lot of people were you know Miley Cyrus is crying on the internet and uh, you know people are one lady was calling for Trump's assassination already you know she's like we're not gonna make any real change unless blood is running through the streets you know you're like this uh this is getting a tad out of hand but you know it's like people are upset and i get it you know but i just don't know if it would be the same if if trump had won the president or if hillary had won the presidency because the way things were towards the end of the election you really couldn't openly support Donald Trump if you were like a normal middle of America person that had you know suburban friends and and millennials around you and stuff obviously I mean especially when all the pussy grabbing stuff came out and you know all the other horrible things that he said um, and it just sucked because the ideas that he represented um, the things that he was presenting to the voters were great ideas it just sucked it had to come out of such a trash heap like Donald Trump so it was like impossible to be like uh I don't support Trump, but I support the direction that he wants to take the country in, you know, it was impossible to say that, you couldn't say that, you know, people would be like, you support Trump, you're a goddamn nut job, you know, so it was like impossible to, you know, and, and nobody wanted that trouble in social media or their their normal life or anything, I mean, weeks before the election, somebody put up like a funny meme that I think captured the the energy of the country and social media like weeks before the election is it was like a South Park character and the meme said, uh, I'm just going to pop on Facebook and see what's cooking and I'm in an argument, you know, and that was pretty much it. You couldn't say anything. You couldn't say, you, you couldn't even say cursory things that involved Donald Trump's agenda without being attacked, like, if you said something like, uh, you know, I don't know, something about our, our economy, or, or immigration, or, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood, or, or anything that slanted conservative or Republican, people would just start attacking you about being a Trump supporter, and then it was just like people arguing back and forth with uh, posting articles that had dates from years ago and nobody's fact-checking and they're like, this proves my point, this proves my point, this proves my point. And it just went back and forth. I'm not going to lie. I got a little wrapped up into it. Um, I was, you know, excited to see (laughs) all the new stuff that WikiLeaks was going to put out every week and um, it was fun watching Trey Gordy go after Hillary and those Benghazi hearings. It's just, you know, it's sensational, you know, it's, it's what we crave nowadays, you know, 
you imagine if both candidates for president were just like two boring people? Like if it was Mike Pence versus uh, Tim Kaine for presidency, I mean, how boring would that have been? You know, just two middle-of-the-road guys who stand firm on their beliefs on the Republican and the Democratic side, and we're just like, blah, 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 you know? Say what you will about Trump. He fired people up, obviously, because they all voted for him. And, you know, like this this guy, Tim Pye, or whatever his name is, you know, he's, he said, you, you, you pull that curtain... You're all alone in that voting booth. Nobody's looking. Nobody's watching. So that's when you you color in the circle next to the person you really want to be president. And then you can pull the curtain back. You can, you know, lie if you want to. You can can plead the fifth. Like, uh, that's a personal thing. I don't really want to talk about who I voted for, you know. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say that I voted for Gary Johnson because I got in the booth... And we actually, I, we waited in line for like an hour and a half to vote. And we brought my um, 11-month-old daughter with us because we didn't have childcare. So she was hanging out in line with us and we're meeting people and everything. And I just kind of stood in the booth, you know, and she was in the stroller and, and I was making my decision on who I wanted to be president. And I just couldn't, in good conscience, vote for Donald Trump. And I, I was, there's no way I was voting for Hillary Clinton. So I was like, I'll toss Gary a vote. How could it hurt? And, you know, am I, am I upset that Donald Trump is president? I mean, kind of. I'm upset that he's president. I'm not upset that a Republican is president. And maybe some of the Republican ideas and the conservative ideas will make their way back into our system and and possibly kind of break this cycle of political correctness and political attacking and, uh, you know, oh, everybody's hurt by everything somebody else says. It's like, it's impossible nowadays, you know. The, the divide in the country is, is so great, you know. There's it, it, literally 50-50. I mean, there's 50% of America that believes you can say whatever you want, you can believe whatever you want, you can do whatever you want. That's freedom. And then there's this other 50% that they, while they believe that part of it, they also believe that uh, they have the right to not be offended by anything you're saying, which doesn't make any sense when it comes to free speech like you know it's that whole adage like it's none of my business what you think of me like you know it's your thing and to have this like you know political correctness police who are policing all the social medias and then you know, you say something and they attack your uh, sponsors and they attack the parent company that has your, um, you know, your show on there. And then, you know, the, the shit's happening already. I saw a couple stories where after the election, like, a guy came into work and he wasn't, like, being an asshole. He was just, like, you know, 
I'm pretty excited Trump's president. I voted for him. I think he's going to do a good job. And he got fired for saying that. He got fired for saying that he voted for Trump because the guy running the company uh, voted for Hillary and he, he didn't feel like he would represent the values of his company. And I guess that's his choice, you know, but it seems like kind of a dick move, you know. I just don't know, man. I don't, I don't know where we go from here is the problem, you know, because, you know, uh, in a couple days will be a week after the election and there's still people that are protesting the results. Granted, they may be paying, getting paid to go and protest and not all of them might be as genuine as you think they are, but, you know, they're still out there. They're still, you know, getting attention from the mainstream media and they're still shutting roads down and causing problems, you know? So it's like, how long can that go on? You know, and and Trump, even though he, he had a lot of body talk in his campaign, obviously he can't stick to all of that as president. Um, you know, he's already started to flap on a few of the issues. You know, he took down the anti-Muslim stuff off of his website. Um, you know, he hired some uh, Ben Carson and I can't remember what the lady's name was, uh, to his cabinet. And, you know, he's backpedaling a little bit on the deportation stuff. And after meeting with Obama, he's making comments about how he's going to keep parts of Obamacare, like, you know, and how he was going to like drain the swamp of the lobbyists and everything. And of course there's a bunch of lobbyists that are on his transition team now. It's just like, it's kind of disheartening, you know, in a way. My only hope is that possibly, maybe, um, his relationships with countries overseas and his ability to negotiate a deal and, and, and get rid of, you know, some of this destructive stuff that we're doing where we're just like sending billions of dollars overseas to help people and, and our people are suffering here, you know, it's, who knows how it all shakes out, but. Uh, I'm definitely interested to see how it does. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned after the credits. I'll play those uh, those two videos and uh, the one about uh, why Trump won. And then after that, how the Electoral College works. I think it's an interesting listen. Um, yeah, so I appreciate you guys tuning into my podcast week after week. Um, you can always get it at uh, Tuned In, Stitcher, iTunes, and Podbean. Um, check out largedrunkman.com for my upcoming dates. Um, I think this weekend I I just have one show. I'm going to be up in Brainerd uh, doing a show at uh, a bar up there. I wish I could remember the name of it, <laughs> but I don't have that information on me. But uh, check out my Facebook, my webpage. It's on there. Uh, if you live in the Brainerd area, you want to see a show. Um, December 3rd, I'll be at uh, Courtyards in Andover. It'll probably be my last uh, local show this year. So if you want to come out and check out my new stuff, do that. LargeDrunkMan.com for all the information. I have a new uh, road hack up on my YouTube channel. Uh, I tell you how to get a bunch of free food while you're on the road. So check that out too. And uh, tune in next time when we talk about who knows.
want to talk to you about the Electoral College and why it matters. All right, I know this doesn't sound like the most sensational topic of the day, but stay with me because I promise you it's one of the most important. To explain why requires a very brief civics review. The President and Vice President of the United States are not chosen by a nationwide popular vote of the American people. Rather, they are chosen by 538 electors. This process is spelled out in the United States Constitution. Why didn't the founders just make it easy and let the presidential candidate with the most votes claim victory? Why did they create and why do we continue to need this electoral college? The answer is critical to understanding not only the electoral college, but also America. The founders had no intention of creating a pure majority rule democracy. They knew from careful study of history what most have forgotten today or never learned. Pure democracies do not work. They implode. Democracy has been colorfully described as two wolves and a lamb voting on what's for dinner. In a pure democracy, bare majorities can easily tyrannize the rest of the country. The founders wanted to avoid this at all costs. This is why we have three branches of government, executive, legislative, and judicial. It's why each state has two senators, no matter what its population, but also different numbers of representatives based entirely on population. It's why it takes a supermajority in Congress and three quarters of the states to change the Constitution. And it's why we have the Electoral College. Here's how the Electoral College works. The presidential election happens in two phases. The first phase is purely democratic. We hold 51 popular elections every presidential election year, one in each state and one in D.C. On election day in 2012, you may have thought you were voting for Barack Obama or Mitt Romney, but you were really voting for a slate of presidential electors. In Rhode Island, for example, if you voted for Barack Obama, you voted for the state's four Democratic electors. If you voted for Mitt Romney, you were really voting for the state's four Republican electors. Part two of the election is held in December, and it is this December election among the state's 538 electors, not the November election, which officially determines the identity of the next president. At least 270 votes are needed to win. Why is this so important? Because the system encourages coalition building and national campaigning. In order to win, a candidate must have the support of many different types of voters from various parts of the country. Winning only the South or the Midwest is not good enough. You cannot win 270 electoral votes if only one part of the country is supporting you. But if winning were only about getting the most votes, a candidate might concentrate all of his efforts in the biggest cities or the biggest states. Why would that candidate care about what people in West Virginia or Iowa or Montana think? But, you might ask, isn't the election really only about the so-called swing states? Actually, no. If nothing else, safe and swing states are constantly changing. California voted safely Republican as recently as 1988. Texas used to vote Democrat. Neither New Hampshire nor Virginia used to be swing states. Most people think that George W. Bush won the 2000 election because of Florida. Well, sort of. But he really won the election because he managed to flip one state which the Democrats thought was safe, West Virginia. Its four electoral votes turned out to be decisive. No political party can ignore any state for too long without suffering the consequences. Every state, 
and therefore every voter in every state is important. The Electoral College also makes it harder to steal elections. Votes must be stolen in the right state in order to change the outcome of the Electoral College. With so many swing states, this is hard to predict and hard to do. But without the Electoral College, any vote stolen in any precinct in the country could affect the national outcome, even if that vote was easily stolen in the bluest California precinct or the reddest Texas one. The Electoral College is an ingenious method of selecting a president for a great, diverse republic such as our own. It protects against the tyranny of the majority, encourages coalition building, and discourages voter fraud. Our founders were proud of it. We can be too. No, I only just fucking got here. No, I only, I only just fucking got here. Yeah. Morning, Tim. Morning. Howdy. How was Washington? Great. Fucking sweet, yep. What? What? I'm not, I'm not shocked at all, Tim. Tim, I've, I haven't even been into makeup yet, Tim. I'm not shocked at all. I've been saying this for fucking months. Nearly a year. Uh, the moment you think he can't do it is the moment he takes the White House. Of course Trump fucking won. What is everyone so fucking shocked about? Jesus, the media, the political elite, the pollsters, the markets, you. Ooh, a drawer on the floor. How can everyone be so fucking stupid? Hillary Clinton. What were the Democrats thinking? Hillary Clinton, don't get me wrong, I wanted Hillary to win. I personally vote for Lucifer over Donald Trump. Trump, the pussy-grabbing, wall-building, climate-change-denying, healthcare-abolishing, tax-dodging, shit-spewing demagogue. How shit have you got to be to lose to that? Where was Sanders? Why wasn't he on the ticket? I, I have no doubt in my mind that Sanders would have beaten Trump's Trump, hands down. But instead, they chose Clinton, a candidate who's been cozying up to the banks and dry-humping corporations for years, who is on record telling her corporate friends that you should have a public and a private persona. In other words, don't tell the truth to the plebs or you won't be able to rip them off. She'll do. That was the feeling. What did they think was going to happen? People keep saying to me, how did this happen? They're, they're dumbfounded, but it's so simple. The left did this. This is, this is my fault, people like me. When are we going to learn? The left have given up putting any argument across at all to the point where Clinton is considered left, liberal. On many issues, Theresa May is less right-wing than Clinton. That's just a fucking fact. And yet my friends are on Facebook saying, I'm with her. I'm fucking not. Oh, but she's better than Trump. Sorry, that's not good enough, clearly. Clearly it's not good enough. And if, if I see, fuck me, one more tweet containing, a, containing a, a hashtag Trump wins next to a hashtag everyday sexism, I'm going to drop a fucking bollock. Not everyone that voted for Trump is a sexist or a racist. Some of them are, but most aren't. Most people didn't vote for her. Not because she's a woman. They didn't vote for her because she offered no palpable change whatsoever. Same old shit. Trump represents a change, a terrifying change, but a change nonetheless. Hillary represented, well, she represented very little, actually, because she protects corporate interests, because she doesn't call the police when questions from the debate are leaked to her in advance. I notice we barely reported that. Not everyone that voted for Trump is a sexist or a racist. How many times does the vote not have to go our way before we realise that our argument isn't won by hurling labels and insults? Tory majority, government, uh, Brexit, uh, uh, Trump. What next? When will we learn that the key is discussion? If you are unwilling to discuss, then you are 
creating the conditions in which Donald Trump and people like him can thrive. But instead of persuading people to vote, she just she just courted celebrity endorsements and then lost. What's going on? It's almost as if the political acumen of Beyonce and Jay-Z count for nothing. And then she loses it and, and loses the election and she locks herself in her hotel because she's too upset or because it had never occurred to them to even write a concession speech. Either way, grow up. I have no sympathy for her whatsoever. Be a better candidate. <sighs> but I, thing is, I can't say I can't say this to any of my friends, Tim. People like me, I I get fucking lynched if I said this because people like me won't listen. I I did this. This is my fault. Fucking Donald Trump. The left is responsible for this result because the left have now decided that any other opinion, any other way of looking at the world is unacceptable. We don't debate anymore because the left won the cultural war. So if, if you're on the right, you're a freak. You're evil. You're racist. You're stupid. You are a basket of deplorables. How do you think people are going to vote if you talk to them like that? When has anyone ever been persuaded by being insulted or, or labelled? So now, if you're on the right or even against the prevailing view, you are attacked for raising your opinion. That's why people wait until they're in the voting booth. No one's watching anymore. There's no blame or shame or anything, and you can finally say what you really think, and that is a powerful thing. The Tories in charge, Brexit, and now Trump. And all the polls were wrong, all of them. Because when asked, people can't admit what they think. They can't admit what they think. They're not allowed to. The left don't allow them to. We have made people unable to articulate their position for fear of being shut down. They're embarrassed to say it. Every time someone on the left has said, you mustn't say that, they are contributing to this culture. It's time to stop moaning. It's time to stop crying over spilt fucking Brexit. It's time to stop ignoring your opponents or worse, trying to silence them. It's time to stop banning people from speaking in universities. It's time to stop thinking that reposting an article on your Facebook feed is political engagement. That banning a gymnast from doing what he's good at because he insulted someone's religion somehow achieved something. And sorry, when did the Gymnast Association start thinking it was appropriate to start enforcing blasphemy laws? It's time to realise that reading The Guardian doesn't make you a liberal, that retweeting Greenpeace doesn't lower your carbon footprint. And if my mansplaining is triggering you, you can either fuck off to your safe space or you can engage and debate me and tell me what I'm getting wrong. Because Trump just won the White House. Being offended doesn't work anymore. Throwing insults doesn't work anymore. The only thing that works is fucking bothering, doing something. And all you have to do is engage in the debate. Talk to people who think differently to you and persuade them of your argument. It's so easy and the left have lost the art. Stop thinking that everyone who disagrees with you is evil or racist or sexist or stupid and talk to them. Persuade them otherwise because if you don't, I'll tell you what you get. You get President Trump. Right, I need to go for a shit and a shave. Uh, how long we got, Tim? All right, I might need to have to forego the shit.